How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. It's Friday. Today is December 11th. It's 2020. Um, joined once again by Ben Gorowitz. I'm your host, Thomas Penland. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Best time of the year, people. You log off work on a Friday, you get to hear us and talk some sports. Oh, yeah. It's the best part of the entire week. Because once me and Ben are talking football, that means we're both off work. So, can never be mad about that. Um, <clears throat> first thing I want to say before this, I'm not going to lie, guys, it's another disappointing week of college football matchups. Um, luckily, though, next week is kind of like the weekend we've been waiting for ever since that Clemson and, uh, and Notre Dame played and all those other big matchups we had, Florida and um, Georgia and everything. I mean, finally, we got all the big matchups we've been waiting for. We just got to get through this week. Um, let's go ahead and start things off, though, with usually the only game that's played this week, and that is Army versus Navy. Did and... you want to do a recap real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I almost forgot about the recap, guys, of how we did last week. So, college football-wise, Ben and I went head-to-head. He had Texas A&M. I had Auburn. I lost that one. Is a brutal way to lose. I mean, why? Ben, ben texted me and said, stop betting your bunny on Bo Nix. I got to stop. Um, next game we had Wisconsin and Indiana. Me and Ben both leaned the right side and total and didn't play anything. That always hurts. Um, West Virginia at Iowa State. Um, I, I let us down big time with my max bet on West Virginia. And I did win the under, though, but I was honestly so pissed off about losing West Virginia. The under didn't even matter to me. Um, last game of the night, LSU, Alabama. Ben was on point with every single take with that one. He won first quarter. I won first half. Got big money once again on that one. I actually am undefeated this season betting on Alabama. That's been my most profitable team once again. Got to love it. Got to love your, your your boys, Ben. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bandwagon Alabama fan because they always win me so much money. Um, uh, NFL-wise, we had a great week. Um, the only, or only lost me and Ben went head-to-head. He took the Cardinals. I took the Rams, won that one. Um, Browns at Titans. We both had the Browns. Ben also had Tannehill to throw a pick. His throw a pick prop stays perfect for us. Um, Philadelphia at Green Bay. We, or, yeah, we both had Green Bay in that one. And then Bills 49ers. Um, I took the Bills. Ben didn't end up playing anything. Total, I went 6-2, and 4-0 NFL. Ben went 5-2. Uh, and two, So pretty good week from both of us. And actually had my best day ever gambling on Sunday. I went 6-0 and on um, NFL and three and O on college basketball, and you know it felt good. It's been it's been the most up and down NFL season ever. So I've experienced the highs of highs and lows of lows, and I got the highs of highs this time. Um, but anyway, now we can get to Army versus Navy. Usually the biggest game, the only game going on this weekend, but we have um, unranked matchup here. Army is a seven and a half point favorite. This game is being played in Annapolis. Wait, is this game is being played in, in, in Annapolis again, right? They usually do. Um, yeah, I'm assuming they're not changing that up. I don't know if they're going to allow um, any fans or any cadets in the stands. I, I have not done any research on if they're going to allow anyone there. Yeah, no, they're not allowing anyone there for that. I remember they announced that a little old, not too long ago. But, yeah, it's the first time ever for that. The total in this one is set at 37 and a half. Go ahead and start us off with this one. I think the total is the most interesting part on this one, uh, 37 and a half. I do not have the balls to play under this. The under has cashed the last 14 years in a row. I feel like that it's kind of gotten to the point where they've taxed it so much. I've sweat. The, let's put it this way, guys. I've sweat this under out the last like four. Ever since I've started gambling, which has been now, this is the sixth year, I've sweat this under out every single season, and I just don't have the balls to do it anymore. Um, it's Navy so low. Is, 
yeah, Navy is not very good. They've pulled things together a little bit since that. I mean, honestly, I just can't, can't get out of my head the first game of the season where that BYU literally it felt like every single play was 50 yards in a cloud of dust. Um, I would lean towards Army in this one at 7.5. I'm not touching it. The under, I mean, I feel like it's under or pass. I feel like you ought to pass, though, at this point. This is going to be a no play for me. But, you know, I, I say this every year. This is the best college football game you get every single year. A uh, little bit different circumstances this year with no crowd. Uh, um, I'm assuming Donald Trump won't be in attendance. The president usually attends this game. The flyover is pretty special. Uh, this is going to be a no play for me. I mean, Army is a better team this year if you just look at their records. I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Army football. Uh, I've watched a couple of Navy games, but not enough to put my money on it. But uh, I, I always watch this game. I love this game. I love watching it. So, um it's always a good time, but, you know, I, I'm not going to say go Army, beat Navy. I'm not going to say whatever Navy says. I don't I don't really care who wins. Both both teams have people fighting for our uh, freedom. So thank you to those men, and uh, let's have a great football game. Oh, uh, hey, Ben put it better than I could. Let's definitely have a good football game. I'll definitely have my TV on this one a little bit. I mean, you got to pay your respects. Um, next game up on the card, we will go to um, Memorial Stadium in Missouri, and that would be the Missouri Tigers facing the Georgia Bulldogs. Missouri finds themselves actually ranked now. They're 25 in the nation, and they are a 13.5-point home dog. Over-under set at 54.5 in this one. You doing anything with this one, Ben? This is actually going to be another low, uh, no play for me. Um, I just don't have much interest in this one. Um, if people are curious which way I'm leaning, I would lean to – take Missouri in the points, but I also, I, I what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at the Georgia team total. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would lean towards the over in that because since JT Daniels has been in, they've, Georgia's been able to throw the ball all over the uh, field. I think him and Pickens have a nice connection. I think everyone else has stepped up. I mean, this is what happens when you have a quarter quarterback that can throw the ball downfield at an efficient level, so just a little too late for Georgia, but um, you know JT looks good. I think I think him looking good in each game is is better and better for the next season. I don't. Do you think he's going to go pro? I mean, I, I don't really. I don't know if he has enough film. Um, no, I think he's probably going to return one more year. I just feel like the fact that he couldn't start the entire season that his you know his status is just too up in the air. I really feel like though, if JT returns to Georgia and plays another year, that he could find himself being you know maybe the second or third quarterback off the board. I mean, I really think he's that good. Well, I mean, he was a big five-star coming into college, so if he ends up being a first-round pick, I don't think it'll shock a lot of people. Um, He's looked good so far, been able to throw the ball downfield, very effective. Uh, His wide receivers are actually catching the ball this time for his receivers. Jordan's had a little drop problem in some big games this year, but um, I'm going to have a no play for right now. Yeah, um, I actually have one comp play I'm pretty confident in. So last week, the final score of Missouri and Arkansas was an absolute shootout, 50-48. to 48. I mean, Missouri put up a 41-piece on Vandy the week before. Um, even Florida scored 41 on them. Look, I think things have changed with Georgia. I remember, y'all remember at the beginning of the season, me and Ben wanted to jump all over Georgia unders. Now, it's the other way around. I feel pretty good about taking the over here. I think that JT Daniels, like you were saying, will be able to throw the ball around the yard. I think Missouri will come to play. Look, I don't think Georgia's going to mess around and lose this game. Um, at the same time, I don't really want to take 13 and a half. I'd rather get a number around like 17 or so for me to want to take a bite of Missouri, but... 
I think that Missouri's going to be able to score points with all Georgia's defensive injuries and the way their defense has been playing lately. And I also think that Georgia's going to score a lot of points. I think this one's going to be a 12 p.m. shootout. I like the dogs to win something like 45 to 20 something. You know, I, th I think we covered this under with ease. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points put up in this game, but should be a fun one to watch. This is the only. This is one of our only two matchups where we have ranked teams. We'll get to the other one that has ranked teams in a second. First. We got to do what we do every single week, and that is talk about Ben's Alabama Crimson Tide. Ben came on here last week and said basically exactly what was going to happen happened in that game. See if Ben can do the same thing for us again this time. Ben, your Alabama Crimson Tide are a 32-point road favorite. Over-under set at 68.5. Anything from you on this one? So it's interesting. I was looking at a couple numbers. Um, Nick Saban has the Tide covering seven. They're 7-2 seven and two this year. There are two games where they did not cover. We're both on the road. This one's coming on the road. That's a – I mean, it's always a big number. Bama's – I mean, they've beaten everyone by double digits. Um, they really haven't had that close of a game so far. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna put any money on this. Um, I'm actually looking – I'm waiting for it to come out on FanDuel officially. I'm going to look at the first half over, um, just in general for both teams, the over – if it's around, you know, if it's lower than 40, if, if it's around like 35, I think I'm actually going to take that. I actually think Arkansas um, might be able to score some points in this game. And Bama always comes out firing early. That's why you and I have hit a lot of first quarter, first half bets. So for now, it's just going to be a no play for me. But I'm going to keep an eye on the first half over. Um, listen, I think this is a, I think it's another chance for Mac Jones to put up some big numbers to help his Heisman case. I know that he might say he doesn't care about that, but um, you know he, he shows up every single week. Uh, did you see the uh, hype video they made Alabama made for Mac Jones being the best holder in the country? Yeah, that was hilarious, <laughs> dude. So funny. But uh, for now, this is gonna be no play for me. I'm just gonna root the tide. Yeah, I'm actually um, seeing it projected at 37 and a half. What do you think about that number for the first half over? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I just don't know. I mean, really, I think if Arkansas can contribute 10 points, I think it hits. Um, I, I think Bama really takes care of business. They seem to always come out early. I know that you usually – I know that your thought process usually in, in big games like this, uh, first kickoff time slot maybe a little slow to get out of the gates. I, I just really don't think that happens at Alabama as often as other schools. I don't think Nick Saban allows for it to happen. I think mm -hmm. the players know better. I think the players are pretty focused. Um, it's still going to be a no play for me right now. Yeah, I'm not going to touch anything in this game. Look, I would honestly have no problem laying it, like you said, even though the game's at 12 o'clock. It's just the fact that it's sandwiched in between a huge win when you beat the brakes off your heated rival, and then you got Florida on deck in the SEC championship game. I mean, I just feel like Alabama really has no motivation here to get a ton of margin. This game could be a lot like the Ole Miss game where Alabama is up the whole game comfortably, but... Arkansas keeps on scoring points. I would almost take that over, but just the fact that it's so close to 70 and the fact that Alabama's defense is so damn good. I mean, they could come out here and completely shut Arkansas down, and Arkansas could do nothing. That's the thing that scares me. I know we're, I know for a fact Alabama's going to put up 45 to 49 points. I just don't know if we'll get the Arkansas side of, their, of this bargain that we need held up. I'm not going to touch anything in this game. Um, like I said earlier, haven't lost a bet on Alabama all year. I've got a lot of game bets in the clip for them next week. I'm just going to save them for next week and fire. I think I and, got three bets for the game next week. 
And we don't know if uh, Felipe Franks will be back from injury yet. He didn't play last yeah. week. I think the redshirt freshman, I believe his name is KJ Jefferson, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, honestly, if, if if Franks plays, I think at max they can get 13 to 16 points, but that's kind of high, I think 16. But if this redshirt freshman plays, I mean, it's it's going to be ugly. I mean, young yes. quarterbacks don't, don't fare very well against Saban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep me updated on that. I mean, he didn't struggle last week, but that was against Missouri. Keep me updated on that because I actually he's, might he's fight question- on that over. He's quite, yeah, he's questionable for now, so I'll keep That's you updated. As well. Yeah, it may just be one of those. We don't want to throw him out there and let him get hurt, but at the same time, I think Felipe Franks. Actually, no, he'll get another year of eligibility since this year doesn't count. Um, next game up is the best game of the entire weekend. Um, this is the this is the one game that Ben told me he will 150% be betting. I love it because we both have the same bet. This is number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels travel down to Hard Rock to go play the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Miami's ranked 10th in the nation. I'm sure they feel a little disrespected by that. Total is set at 69.5 now, minus 3 for the Hurricanes. Um, I'll start off with this one. So I actually already took two plays on this game. I played at UNC minus the three points and over um, 67 and a half. I still like it. Look, this game, to me, it reminds me a lot of these games that Miami has played against other really good ACC opponents like um, NC State, which was 44-41. I mean, they even scored 48 last week against Duke. We know what North Carolina's offense can do as well. You know, North Carolina hasn't beaten a top 10 team in a while, but I think they're due under Mac Brown. Look, Miami has really gotten away probably playing the easiest schedule in the entire ACC. The only good team they really had to play was Clemson. Other than that, I mean, they have played none of the other good teams in the ACC except for UNC. We pretty much have like three, four good teams. Um, this Miami defense is not that great. They also had one of their best players. Um, I believe I can't remember who it was, but he uh, I don't know if he opted out because of COVID or if he's injured. But they're going to be down one of their best guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. They've got a decent bit of injuries on that side of the field. Um, I think these teams should be able to score a lot of points. I also think Sam Howell in this North Carolina offense is going to be able to do what they want to. I mean, this is a team. These offensive teams, by the way, rank inside the top 25 in total points scored, so all the more reason to like the over. I think we go over pretty easily here, and North Carolina pulls this one out outright. You have North Carolina plus three? Yeah, I like North Carolina plus three. I think Miami, though, I'm not, I will say this. I think Miami's definitely a little pissed off how that they've got all these teams that have played so many less games and just keep leak-frobbing them week after week after week after week. But, I mean, Ben, when was the last time Miami showed up and won a big game? Uh, the 80s. <laughs> exactly. It's been a long freaking time. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's been, you know, I'm sure they've had one recently, but Miami's pretty much been kind of irrelevant for a while. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I know it's a lot of points. I'm going to take you over in this game as well. Um, I do like the UNC plus three pick, but I'm just going to stick with the over just for this game. I think both these teams have uh, the ability to have explosive plays downfield, throwing the football. Um, Jarrett King is explosive running the football. Sam Howell is just – he's hard to get down. I mean, he, I don't think he takes a lot of sacks. And when he's got all day to throw, he will torch pretty much anybody. Um, Miami's going to have to try and get some pressure on him. But even if you do, you got to keep him in the pocket. He's a guy that can also run. I think UNC's running the football a little bit better uh, than they were at the beginning of the season. I think UNC showed a lot. I, I, I was really impressed uh, the way that UNC played against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't pull it out at the end. I mean, I thought their offense was doing just fine. And then second half, Notre Dame started to just kind of take over a little bit. Ian Book really took over that game. But um, 
I, I like the over in this game. I know it's a lot of points, but give me the over. Um, yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with you on this one. Also, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. Um, also, an Orange Bowl bid is on the line. I mean, it's pretty much locked in at this point that both Clemson and my and uh, Notre Dame are going to go to the show to the Final Four. I mean, that is if Clemson can hold up their end and take care of business in the ACC championship game. So. Strong potential here. The ACC could get two teams in, which means one of these two teams can go to the Orange Bowl. Both these teams are deserving of it. So it's going to be a big game. Definitely going to be a shootout. I mean, this should be a fun game to watch. 3.30, you got – I mean, get whatever you have done early during the day. Get to your TV at 3.30. Watch this game. This is going to be the best game to watch the entire day. And also flip over to Army-Navy a little bit as well. Now let's shift things over to the NFL side of the things. we got a stacked-up NFL um, side of the card. I try to put up pretty much every single important game that was on the NFL – for this week, I mean, it's kind of fun now because me and Ben focused a lot more, I feel like, on college football at the beginning of the season. Now it's time to shift the focus more so to the NFL. Obviously, bowl games coming up as well is going to be fun. But at the 1 o'clock hour, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs, on the road facing the 8-4 Miami Dolphins. It's been a pretty good season for Miami so far, but they find themselves a 7.5-point home dog. Over-under set at 50.5. You doing anything on this one, Ben? This is... I think one of the more exciting matchups of the week, uh, weekend, I should say. Um, you have the Dolphins, who have really just played great defense for most of the season, if not all of it, going up against the uh, most explosive offense in the NFL, being the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm also not going to lay the points with Patrick Mahomes. I think the Dolphins to win this game and for their and for their cover to hit. They're going to have to have some long offensive drives, which means they're going to have to run the football a little bit. And I like what I see from Miles Gaskin. I think, I believe he was an undrafted free agent pickup out of Washington. Smaller in statue, but listen, he's played so well this year that they just decided to cut Jordan Howard, who I believe was their highest paid running back on payroll at the time. The Dolphins, I love their coach. I love Brian Flores. I think he understands how to actually coach a football game from start to finish. So I think the best bet, I think the smartest bet for me to take is give me the Dolphins with the points. But they're not, they can't look at this game that, you know, looking like we need to keep up with score of the Chiefs. No. Because when you think like that, you get away from your offensive game plan. The way to beat most explosive teams in, in the sport of football is to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline which means you have to have long drives. I think what I've seen from Tua is they have not let him throw the ball down the field a ton, which has been more short pass game. I think short pass game, run the football, keep Mahomes on the sideline. I think you let the Dolphins defense try and do what they can do. It's one of the better defenses in the NFL, and I think the Dolphins taking the points is what I'm going to do. I think that's the safest play. Yeah, so Kansas City is actually 2-7 and seven on the road in their last nine times traveling to Hard Rock to play Miami. Um, this, one, this one's t- a tough handicap, I think, but I'm actually going to agree with you, Ben, and go with the Dolphins and the points. I just feel like that we see weird things happen this time of year with teams that are, have this kind of record going into Miami. Yeah, I'm referencing what's happened to Patriots in Miami the last couple of years. Look, Kansas City's really good, but I feel like they're dragging and bored with the regular season. I mean, they underperformed against Denver last week. They let Tampa come back and backdoor cover against them. They played close with Vegas and with Carolina. Really, they've been playing close the last couple of weeks. I feel like if you have seven and a half points for a home dog that plays defense the way Miami does, you got to go ahead and take it. This Dolphins defense has been pretty damn good this year as they've allowed the second fewest points in the entire NFL. 
Um, they're holding teams. They're 21st in the NFL against the run. So Kansas City's going to have to come out here and throw the ball. I feel like, like you said, if Miami can come out here and possess the rock and keep Mahomes on the sidelines chilling a little bit, I don't think they're necessarily going to win this one outright. But I think they can definitely do something here to cover the number. I really like the Dolphins plus 7.5. I just feel like it's too many points to a team that's too good at home this late in the season. When we know what the Dolphins are and it's this late in the season, I feel like, man, they show up to play also. Kansas City's got a game with the Saints next week for the best team in the NFL, pretty much, between each conference. I think they might get caught looking ahead a little bit of that spot. I like the Dolphins plus 7.5. Don't be surprised if you see this game come down to a last-minute Patrick Mahomes game-winning touchdown to cover by or to lose the cover. Or uh, what am I saying? To lose by two or three points. There we go. Should be a real exciting game. <clears throat> get it? I mean, like as like we both said, explosive offense versus a um, really surging in in uh, a very good defense that has caused a lot of turnovers this year. Um, I'm not going to predict that Mahomes is going to throw a pick, but you know, I I'd ne- I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Xavier Howard and um, Byron Jones have really turned the ball over on a lot of quarterbacks this year. Their defensive line is forced, I believe two or three sack fumbles so Kansas City's gonna have to protect the football yeah I mean I think that's smart Ben to hold off on that uh interception prediction prop against Patrick Mahomes you know he's probably the one guy you don't want to get caught predicting that against especially when that Mahomes is currently has two interceptions all season long so I mean you probably get good odds on that one but we're not gonna we look the interception props one we don't want to force on Ben he's got to play it only when he likes it because that's how we know it's surefire money um, next game up on the slate is the Indianapolis Colts go on the road into Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Um, both these teams right now are in the playoff hunt, Colts eight and eight and four Raiders seven and five. They're really fighting for that last playoff spot. Indianapolis is a three point road favorite over under set at 52 and a half. I'll start off with this one because I actually have a play here. I'm not going to lie. This side is too hard for me to pick something here. I just feel like that. I feel like really the Raiders are being disrespected as home dogs. Yeah, they didn't play very well last week against the Jets. Yeah, they played awful against Atlanta. But I feel like once you get to be the home dog and you have teams that are even like this, that's kind of a disrespect sign. Yeah, I know Josh Jacobs is out. Or, I mean, he's not officially out, but odds are he's probably not going to play. That scares me a little bit, but at the same time, I really feel like you can find th- find something from a Devontae Booker. I mean, he's still a damn good running back, and they have Jalen Richard. You can do a lot of stuff in the pass game for him as well. Um, Jonathan Abram, David Arnett are both listed as questionable. It could be some cluster injuries in the secondary also as well. Um, they just don't have, a, have Brown or Incognito on that offensive line. Um I still would lean to the Raiders. I don't know why. I just feel like that the, the the Colts traveling on the road like this is favorites is not the kind of spot you want to back Phillip Rivers. I could see maybe Phillip Rivers throwing a pick, but that's not my call there. Um, <laughs> um, let's get down, though, to the, where I do like something, and I absolutely love the over in this game. So you would think that both these teams are run teams that you want to take the under. I would say not so fast here. Both these teams are in the top 10 in the NFL in scoring points. Over the last four weeks now, the Colts' defense actually ranks 31st in the NFL. You wouldn't expect that. This Colts' defense has been engashed with the yardage. Teams have been able to throw the ball on them with ease. They've not been doing well stuffing the run, even though they do have DeForest Buckner back there. This Colts' defense has not been as good as you think it would be. I think both these teams don't have a problem putting up points. Also, the Raiders' defense has never been a unit to brag about. I don't think any of us have ever come on here and bragged about them. They're 25th in the league against the pass, so Phillip Rivers' little shot put should be able to get through. 19th against the run. They're giving up the 20, they're 28th in points allowed, so that means there's only four defenses worse than them when giving up points-wise. YPP, 25th, they're giving up big plays. I think both these teams will go up and down the field all game long. I really, really like this over here. I think we catch it easily. It's at 52. I'm taking it. 
I believe so. Josh Jacobs is questionable for this week, but he missed last week, I believe, against the Jets. Mm-hmm. There, right? He did. But I mean, I know he's against the Jets, but uh, we have to give a shout out to uh, Waller, Darren Waller. What he did last week: seventeen targets. He had thirteen catches for two hundred yards and two touchdowns. So. Where do you focus if you're the Indianapolis Colts defense, right? You got to guard number 83. You got to find the tight end. Um, I, I'm just pointing out just a big matchup there. I think the linebackers um, are really going to have to zone in on number 83. Waller right there. Maybe it leaves a couple more one-on-one matchups for Aguilar, who can't really catch the football. But Derek Carr likes to throw to him. And then Henry Ruggs. So, I mean, if Ruggs is one-on-one, I think he can win that matchup, you know, a majority of the time. I, I don't think the Raiders really use rugs the way I think they should be using him. I mean, I see them give these jet sweeps and little screen passes to Nelson Aguilar when Henry Ruggs had like the fastest 40 time in the, in the combine. So I, I don't really know what the sense is for that one. Why did you draft him? You drafted Henry Ruggs. I thought to be your downfield deep passing threat yet. You send Nelson Aguilar deep every time newsflash. He can't catch the football. That's why the Eagles caught him. If you get cut, this dude got cut by the Eagles when the Eagles don't even have a receiver. Put it that way. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's hurt. Deshaun Jackson, people probably barely know he's even in the league because he's always hurt. Like, and Aguilar got cut by them. So what does that tell you? This is going to be a no play for me, but I think this is an interesting matchup. I, my, my brain, here's the, my, my brain is thinking Colts minus three, to be honest with you. I, I don't think Derek Carr would put all the, all the pressure on him with not much of a running game. I know that their two running backs are serviceable, but when Josh Jacobs plays, they really kind of rely on him, especially as they get closer to the red zone. I, I can't put money on Derek Carr. I, he makes a little too many. I mean, I think he's good, but he's always a quarterback that, you know, it's, a, it's a, you're going to sink or swim. He can make a mistake in a blink of an eye. So um, I don't hate your overpick. I just I just think, um, you know, I don't know if Waller is going to get 200 receiving yards or 13 target or uh, 13 catches again. So that was against the Jets. This is against the Colts. I know you said the Colts' defense isn't as great as as we uh, thought they were in the beginning, but it's a big game. Uh, it's going to be a no play for me. Hey, it will be a fun one to watch regardless of Ben. Want to keep your eye on it at 4 o'clock. Um, honestly, this game right here is the is the game of the week, in my opinion, in the NFL. We have the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers on the road facing the 9-3 Buffalo Bills. This one is flipped now to the Bills as a 1.5-point home favorite. Over-under set at 48. This is Sunday Night Football right here. Um, ben, you go first on this one. I like the Bills. Give me the Bills, and I'll tell you why. Um, when you look at the way these teams are playing right now, um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's offering enough on the table for me to take them. I think the Bills are playing great football. You and I mentioned on, I think, our Tuesday podcast how we think the Bills are running the football a little bit better. Um, the de- the defense has definitely stepped up. You have been asking for the defense to get healthy, and once they're healthy, they're going to step up. We give you props because you've been right on point with that. Milano came back, and uh, they've looked much better. And um, who was it? Uh, Davis White was – Travis White since he's been back. So I like the Bills. I, I really, really, and I know this is going to put a smile on your face. I really like the way Josh Allen is playing. I think he's playing mistake-free football. <laughs> and when you play when you play the Steelers, and I've said this all year with the Steelers, that you have to play mistake-free football against them because they turn everybody over. And I think this is a game that Bud Dupree's presence will be missed 
Um, I mean, TJ Watt's always going to get in the backfield. That dude's just, you can't block him. But the problem when you play um, uh, Josh Allen is you got to keep him in the pocket. I mean, once he gets outside the pocket, I think he throws the ball very well outside the pocket. He's also a big threat to run when he's outside the pocket, and he's not afraid to lower his shoulder. So I think the Steelers are really going to have to come to play. I, I don't think they run the football effectively enough to beat good teams on the road. You, you and I talked about that over text, and I think on the uh, earlier podcast on Tuesday, I think this is another game where if they don't run the football, I don't think Big Ben wins this on his own. So, And that's another team. I mentioned how Georgia had some big drops and big games in the Steelers. Steelers receivers have not been able to catch the football um, since, well, they didn't play on Thanksgiving, but the past two weeks they've had some drops. So give me the bills with the points here. I really, I'm going to put my money on Josh Allen. Ben? I love where your head's at. I love everything you said right there. I feel like I've been a. I feel like I'm part of Bills Mafia, even though unfortunately I'm a Falcons fan. I've been hyping up the Bills now for ever since they drafted Josh Allen. I said he'd be the best quarterback in their draft class. I think it's safe to say he's become the best draft quarterback out of that draft class. If not, that's an argument for another day. We'll have to have out. But anyway, I'm on the Bills minus one and a half. This this and the Ram and those two plays I had from the Rams game last night were my favorite plays of the entire NFL week. I don't know why I didn't max them last night. I just felt like they were too easy and obvious. And if I've learned anything in the NFL, when it's that, it seems that easy and obvious, it never goes your way. But, hey, it did last night. Um, all the reasons you said I love Buffalo. But here's my main reason. I just feel like Pittsburgh has regressed. I mean, Joe Hayden's out now, and you're facing the third-best passing offense with Buffalo. I feel like Hayden and Mika Fitzpatrick even got banged up last game. I just feel like this Steelers team has been trending downwards the last couple weeks, and it finally all caught up to them with the Washington football team. I mean, Mike Tomlin straight up called them out and said, we stink, we suck. And what happened? They turned around freaking lost to the Washington football team. That's absolutely inexcusable. Bud Dupree and these other injuries on defense um, are starting to add up for them now. Devin Bush as well. They're now down. They're going to be down three of their best defensive players in this game. Josh Allen is going to be able to get it done through the air. Um, Smokey Brown still out. It wasn't a problem. Cole Beasley stepped up perfectly fine. Stephon Diggs has stepped in to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. That's how good he's been playing. Also, this is Pittsburgh's third game in 11 days. They're being dealt an absolutely horrible scheduling spot right here by the league. I think all those factors, Buffalo's the play here, and Pittsburgh's might mess around and lose that number one seed if Kansas City wins, which I think Kansas City will probably win, but like we said, not cover. So Buffalo's coming around at the right time. This Bills team, like I said, they just had that rough little scheduling patch in the middle of the season, and that's where they suffered two of their losses was that Tennessee game that they didn't even know if it was going to happen until a day before, and then obviously against Kansas City, which the scheduling was all messed up. Ever since then, this Buffalo team has been completely different, and they've been able to handle their stuff. The, the Hale Murray's the only other team that took a thing that took a win from them. So, give me Buffalo here. Buffalo handles business. Um, next game up here is actually my other favorite bet. It kind of sucks because, of course, my other favorite bet is on Monday night, which is the Baltimore Ravens is a two and a half point road favorite against the surging nine and three. Who thought we'd be seeing the nine and three Cleveland Browns over under set at 47. I'll go first on this one since I got to play. I'm all over the Browns, man. I'm a believer in the Browns. Like I'm not sitting here saying Ben, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl or they're going to go in the playoffs and, you know, go to the AFC championship game or anything like that. But look, Buffalo has a defense. They're number eight in the NFL against the run. They got the breaks beaten off them last time against Baltimore. You mean Cleveland? I think you said Buffalo. Yeah, I've got Buffalo on the brain, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Cleveland's got the number eight rushing defense in the league. Look, I think they smell blood in the water here. I think they see this the Ravens with the same scheduling spot as the Steelers, third game in, in 11 days. 
They see this is a beat-up team right here with the Ravens that, I mean, just took advantage of and bullied up on an awful and absolutely atrocious defense for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this is a pretty beat-up team. This, 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 um, this injury report just looks like a shopping list at this point. Browns really aren't missing anybody important. I think the Browns come out here and take out a little rage and anger for what has happened to them the last couple times that they've matched up with Baltimore. I think Browns win this game straight up, but I'll be taking the points at Browns plus two and a half. I think Browns win and cover this one. I, I don't think that uh, Baltimore wants anything to do with this Cleveland offense. I think they run the ball down their throats. On what planet should Baltimore be favored in this game? I mean, I guess Earth is the answer, but what, <laughs> what, what, what are we missing? Look at the way Baltimore has played recently. I mean, I've, I've gone on record on this podcast saying that L Lamar Jackson's play right now, he should return his MVP to the league. He doesn't deserve <laughs> to be called the MVP. He is atrocious at throwing the football. I don't even know if that's a strong enough adjective. He is so bad at throwing the football. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, makes, he made some good throws last week. Congratulations. He played Dallas. Whatever. <laughs> They've lost, th was it, three games in a row before that? So. Yep. I really want to take the Browns. Um, I hate to say this, but Baker Mayfield is playing. I don't. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. I just don't think he's great. But his last four games, he's got no turnovers. Um, I know in two of those games he did not throw a touchdown pass. But when you got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, actually, let me flip that around because Nick Chubb's better. When you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind you, um, you don't have to do a ton. You don't have to do all the work in some of the games. So. I like the fact that the Browns have a two-headed monster. I, I, I'm i going to put them up there with one of the better running teams in football uh, without looking at any stats, without looking at whatever they're ranked in the offense. I mean, why, I don't want to face Nick Chubb. That, that dude is impossible to bring down. Mm -hmm. I think I saw a stat that he's averaging like over four yards um, after contact or something like that. I mean, he's that dude is the definition of a freak. Um, and then when he gets tired, you bring in Kareem Hunt, who's – just as much of a stud. So I really want to take the Browns. I really want to agree with you here. But I feel like Vegas knows something. I don't know what they know. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a middle finger up to Vegas, and I'm going to take the Browns in this game, and I'm going to agree with you. But it does make me nervous because why on earth are the Ravens favored in this game? I have no idea why. No idea why. I mean – I don't think Lamar is very good at throwing the football, but I also don't think who he's throwing the football to is, is very good. Um, Boyle, you, you and I mention this every Ravens game we talk about. It's a big loss for the run game. He blocks very well. Mark Andrews is an inc uh, incredible tight end in this league. He's been out. So I don't know why the Ravens are favored. I can't figure it out. Give me the Browns with the points. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Vegas beats us. Um, I actually have some good news for you, Ben, for me as well. Looks like the public is feeling themselves a little bit on Baltimore, so that makes me love the Browns all the more. Um, anyway, next game up, and this is our final game. I usually like to go in chronological order, so I'll take that on myself for going out of order a little bit here. But we have the rested and fresh off a of bye Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7-5 and five versus the 6-6 six and six Minnesota Vikings playing for playoff uh, positioning right here. Um, ben, you doing anything on this one? Spread six and a half for Tampa Bay over under 53. I hate this game. I hate it because I, you know me. Big games, when you get TB12, I really, I don't really care how old he is. I know that his play might not be as good as we expect him to play. I don't really care. He's still TB12. He can turn it on whenever he wants. Um, 
I think coming off a bye, I, I really think him, Leftwich, and uh, Bruce Arians are going to figure something out. And this is a team you want to play when you try to fight, try to figure things out. So I'm actually going to take the over in this game. Over 52 and a half is what I have on FanDuel right now. I know that the Bucks defense is great, but I don't think Dalvin Cook is very easy to stop. I know that the Bucks run defense is very, very good, if not one of the best in the league. I just think the Vikings in a must-win game are going to have to play lights-out football. And if they don't, if they're going to rely on Kirk Cousins, then I don't think they have any chance in this game. I don't. I think you have to rely on number 33. I think you have to give – I seriously think Dalvin Cook needs 20 to 30 touches in this game. And I think you should hand the ball off to him 18, 20 times. I really do. I mean – you have to get your best playmaker the ball in games that you have to win. This is a game the Vikings have to win. Um, is You've talked about it a little bit. Do you think this is a, bit, a really big game for Zimmer? No, I think Zimmer's pretty safe. I mean, shoot, I wish they were looking to fire Zimmer. It's crazy yeah, how good I, I the agree. coach he is and now he turned him around like this. I agree. So I'm going to take the over because I think it's a must-win game for the Vikings, and I like Tom Brady coming off the bye. I mean, listen, I think Godwin getting some uh, – he got something done with his finger. I think he either got stitches off or something that was bothering him is now, I think he got nine stitches removed. So I think they'll get him a little bit more involved in the game plan. I, I feel like he was just kind of a decoy um, when he, when he was kind of dealing with the hand injury, the finger injury. Um, I think this is a monster game for guys like uh, Mike Evans and Gronk. Uh, this is it. Like you mentioned this every week. This is a defense you'd like to play when your offense is struggling, try and get back on track. And I like the fact that they're coming off a bye. I I will trust Tom Brady until he says the words, I'm retired. Um, so give me the over in this game. I think the Bucks score enough points. And um, I, I just think the fact that you have to give Dalvin Cook the ball in a must-win game makes me think they can score points against a tough defense. Um, so I'm going to take the over 52 and a half. Yeah, I actually think you're you're on onto something there, Ben. I mean, regardless, I will say this: Tampa does have the number one rush defense in the league. Regardless, though, I think that they're going to be able to pass the ball, Jeff and Jefferson and other guys. I mean, they have the 22nd best pass defense in the league, so I think they'll definitely be able to throw the ball on this Tampa Bay team. Um, I'm not going to touch anything in this game, honestly. I really wanted to hit Tampa Bay off a of bye. I was kind of hoping though for something in like the three to four and a half range. Fortunately, it's at six and a half, which I think is a little inflated. The public is all over Tampa Bay, which partially makes me want to take a bite on Minnesota here. You might see me throw Minnesota in a teaser. I'm going to look at mostly teasers this week. I don't really think the lines are that favorable, luckily, and the games we broke down here were games that I happen to have a bet on. Um, right over there is a very good angle. I feel like that Tampa Bay really needs to win this game. I mean, Tampa Bay has kind of struggled the last couple weeks. I feel like that bye week kind of rejuvenated them. At the same time, though, teams that have a bye week week 14 or later, I mean, it really, honestly, it hasn't done great for them historically. So I feel like there's just too many factors going both ways. And six and a half points, there's a lot that can happen within that. Minnesota's not going to stop playing in this game. They're not going to stop throwing. Good news, though, also for your over is it looks like there's going to be some injuries on the defensive side of the ball as Eric Kendricks is going to be out for the um, for the uh, Vikings. So that's a huge blow. Mike Evans got upgraded to probable for the game when he was questionable earlier in the week. So yep. that's a good sign for you as well. Honestly, I don't even think it'd make much of a difference. Honestly, I was kind of hoping Mike Evans would go out and the point spread would dip a little bit so I could get a better number because I really wanted to play Tampa Bay in this one. 
I'm not going to touch anything, though, on this game. It'll be a fun one, though, to watch the 1 o'clock hour. You know, this is a great slate of NFL football. We're at the point now in the season where every single game for teams in the race matters. You can't afford to mess up one week. Um, me and Ben, for you guys, are adding an extra segment here, and we're going to go with our teasers of the week. Ben, you go ahead and drop your teaser first. Yeah, so uh, just right before that, for anyone, if anyone is curious, um, Tom Brady has zero health problems right now. He says his body feels great coming off a bye. He said it feels great before that. Um, he has taken, I believe he ranks in the top five, or maybe it's top eight of quarterbacks in the NFL that uh, a mountain of hits taken. He says his body feels great um, coming off a bye. I think it helps even more. So, But, yes, let's get to the teasers of the week. I actually have two uh, teasers of the week. I'm going to go uh, teaser with the Saints and Chiefs. Saints are playing um, – the Saints are playing at Philadelphia, and the Chiefs are playing, um, as we mentioned, they're playing at Miami. My teaser is going to be Saints minus one and Chiefs minus one. Uh, I like those. I like those lines a lot. Uh, my second teaser, I'm going to take the Packers minus one, who they are playing at Detroit. Aaron Rodgers just obliterates bad teams. Uh, big rival here. I, I think he is very much looking forward to going into Detroit and beating their brains in. Um, I, Matt Patricia was fired, was it last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Rodgers – I mean, listen, I took a minus one. I think the Packers win that game pretty big, to be honest with you. I, I honestly might take the Packers minus eight uh, or eight and a half, whatever it is, straight up. But I'm going to pair that Packers minus one with Seahawks minus seven. Seahawks are playing – um, who are they playing? They're playing the Jets. The, uh, the Jets. Thank you. I talked about this earlier with you. Um, the Jets are going to be without uh, Denzel Mims, who's their best. I would say their best deep, um, deep uh, target for uh, Darnold or Flacco, whoever's playing over Darnold. And also, I believe Crowder is questionable with a calf injury. I don't think he's going to play. I really don't think it matters. Um, I think this is a big game for the Seahawks. Uh, you're playing the worst team in the league, a team that doesn't want to win, a team that's offense is depleted, a team that's offense isn't good in the first place. I think this is a big game for Russell Wilson. I think he needs to have a big game. Um, I look for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to uh, – I feel like we haven't heard Tyler Lockett's name pretty recently. Have you? Nope. Yep, I think, I think this is a game that he needs to get back on track. When you need to get back on track, there's nobody you'd rather play than the Jets. So that teaser is Seahawks minus seven and Packers minus one. And the first teaser I said was Saints minus one, Chiefs minus one. Yeah, I like both those. I'll pro I'm definitely going to play that Kansas City one that Ben said. Um, my teaser of the week, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans, minus one and a half. I feel like the Titans need to get back on track. No better team to do it again than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not looking to win any more games. I mean, look at who they have playing quarterback at this point with Glennon. They're trying to tank it out. They want to be in that Fields-Lawrence sweepstakes. I think somehow they would lose a tiebreaker with the Jets, and they would get the first over. Or I guess they would win the tiebreaker and get the first overall pick over the Jets. So that's something to keep your eye out for. Neither of those teams want to win. So Titans need to get that's back on track as well and stay in the playoff hunt. That, that's probably why you saw an all-out blitz from the Jets last week. <laughs> yeah, that's why Greg Williams is no longer employed. Then my other team I'm playing is I'm hopping on that uh, Packers train with you. 
I think the Packers are the best team in the or the best team in the NFC. It's between them or the Rams. I think the Packers are going to be able to name the score against Detroit. Detroit's defense is awful. Their offense, I mean, they won't have Galladay again. I don't see any way they keep up with them. I think Green Bay comes in here and cruises and gets an easy win. So that's my teaser of the week right there is Green Bay and the um, Tennessee Titans. Um, ben, um, anything else you want to say before we get up out of here? Yeah, there's actually one thing. And it's it's on the game we we uh, watched last night, which was um, Patriots and Rams. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, the Patriots are bad. I mean, Ken Newton is his NFL career should be over now, and he he sucks. Um, Stidham's Stidham's not worth playing because it's not any better. But what I mean, the Rams won that game, and Jerry Goff did nothing. I mean, he did absolutely nothing. Uh, I believe he even threw an interception, right? I believe he threw an interception. Yeah, it was that weird, like it was that weird one where the guy like wrestled the ball away from him in midair. Yeah, and I know that the defender kind of just took it from. Um, I can't remember who the receiver was, but the throw was horrible. If you look at the throw, it's low and away from where the receiver is going towards the sideline. The ball should be to the outside shoulder, so he can just get a toe drag, and he and Jared Goff completely missed him. Gave the defender a chance. The defender made a tremendous play. Um, you know, the Patriots defender. I, I, Rams are not going to win in the playoffs if Goff plays like that. They're just not. And I think – I've said this before. I don't know how you feel, but the Rams got a tremendous game out of your boy Cam Akers last night. But that's not something you can rely on all season because that's, frankly, the best game he's had in his rookie career so far. Goff can't play like that. Uh, I don't know what made Goff play like that. I mean, the, I don't think the Patriots' defense is like. I mean, it's not good, but it's, if you look at their secondary, it's still decent. You still have Gilmore, you still have McCourty, um, you still have some names back there. But I mean, listen, I, I say this a lot about Jared Goff in big games. He is very unreliable in the kind of game you're going to get. I'm leaning towards the Packers as the best team in the NFC. Uh, you're, when you're talking those quarterbacks, those offenses, I'm going to rely on Aaron Rodgers. 100% of the time over Jared Goff. I don't know how you feel. I have a feeling you're going to agree with me, but an inexcusable performance. I know that he got the win, but, I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on why or how Jared Goff looks so bad? I just feel like their game plan was just to run the ball over New England's horrible run defense. I mean, they ran the ball on them um, total 36 times for 186 yards, and they kind of gopped out of that 10-0 lead, and then, I mean, it was 17-3 to at halftime. I feel like their game plan was, let's just run the ball and coast here. It's a short week. We don't want to get people injured. By the way, back I to your point, so. point about Cam Newton, feels like now the typical Cam Newton run is drop back to pass, see nobody open, and then fall forward for two or three yards, and then get up and do the same thing every single play. I mean... He looked absolutely pathetic. I mean, we didn't even – Ben texted me and goes, when do we start sweating this under? I was like, unders are always sweaty. I didn't sweat a bit once we got to the fourth quarter. I mean – Third quarter, Patri- really. After, after halftime, really nothing happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's one touchdown. I mean, Patriots offense is absolutely pathetic. The Patriots, though, can still beat bad teams just because Belichick's that much – and McDaniels are that much smarter than these bad coaches. But – I mean, I agree with you, though. That's that's why I have such trouble with the NFC. Like, that Packers defense is trash, but they do have the best player in the NFC and Aaron Rodgers, so that's why that I'm so high on them. I think them and the Rams, they were by far the two best teams. I want the best defense with a good – I mean, they have a really good – they have a top run offense. I mean, their pass offense still ranks in the top ten. I just feel like it was a game where they didn't really need to do much, and McVay kind of knew that um, 
So, you know, I, I, I agree with you, though, Ben. I think these two teams are going to face off the NFC Championship. I sent Ben a screenshot. I placed a, a future bet on each one of these teams before the game kicked off last night to win the NFC between the uh, Rams and Packers. So I feel like I should get to the window with one of those two. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, the Saints are definitely a wild card team. Uh, we mm. don't officially know when Drew Brees is coming back. But, like I mentioned on Tuesday, Sean Payton's 10-0 over the last two seasons. Without Drew Brees, that's Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback and Taysom Hill playing quarterback. So, I even though you and I are Falcons fans, can't, can't ever count out Sean Payton. Um, definitely an offensive genius. He's in that category. So, can't count out the Saints. I just feel like when the playoffs get a little tougher matchups, I, I don't know if Taysom Hill can beat some of these better defensive teams he's faced. Um so that's interesting, but that's an interesting thing to keep an eye out of the Saints because they obviously they're in first place in the NFC right now. But just real quick, I want to mention Devontae Adams is unstoppable. I mean, unstoppable these past like six, seven weeks. No one has been able to cover that man. I don't think I think he has a touchdown in the last six weeks. Um, so Aaron Rodgers knows how to find 17. 17 is always open, and when you get 12 plus 17, somehow, some way, it equals six points. So there's some math for you people. Hey, I like the math right there too, Ben. Um, well, Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again, helping me out. We think we killed it once again. Hopefully we give you all some winning picks again, just like we did last week. Well, we got a lot of picks where we agree on. Haven't had the best of luck for the people, but uh, I feel good. I feel I always feel good. Yeah, I feel like we finally figured these teams out. We've learned our lessons. Let's go ahead. Let's cash these. Let's have a good week. We'll talk to everyone again on Tuesday.